I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break them 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 chains. You gotta break them. All right, the Ultimate Bachelor podcast here. Um, still doing crossover conversations. I'm gonna, Andy. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, and then we'll go. Hi, Alex. Yeah, I'm, I'm Andy uh, Oliver. I'm half of the um, Arcade Studio podcast uh, crew. So we're here in Italy, and uh, we do creative. Um, we do podcasts with creatives, um, just trying to talk to people about how to break into creative jobs in general. So like if you're a, a director or a photographer or whatever, just like, um, or you want to be one, we sort of try to interview people and explain how that can come to be, you know, because that's the hardest part of um, actually getting into creative work is just to like understand that it exists and understanding how to actually get into it. So sure. that's sure. what we do mainly. And then we, we just, um, we do quite long conversations, usually about an hour, two hours long. Yeah. And um, we branch out into other things about, you know, what's happening in the world at the time or um, just pop culture and that kind of stuff. But it's mainly that. I'm a photographer and my brother is a, um, is a creative director for Viacom. Nice. So that's what nice. we do. So I, it's interesting. So as I'm doing these crossover conversations, I, you know, there's not, as we said right before we started this, there's not much conversation before on what we're going to talk about. Um, and, and most people like, like you, we, we messaged yesterday and, and hopped on here today. So there's not even much research done on each other. So what I love about it is it's organic conversation. Right. And a lot of times yeah. when I get people to hop on, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I'm like, just talk. You would have, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If if we don't hit record, we're gonna have a conversation. We're just recording the conversation. So, um, so that's great. But uh, what's interesting to me is I am not very well versed in the creative space, right? I I try and put up pictures on my Instagram, and that's the the essence of my photography. Right. And uh, in terms of drawing and art, I appreciate it, and I try to appreciate it. Um, but, but I don't get into it much with that said, I do understand that it's a tough space to operate in, right? Everyone understands that, you know, not very many people are making a ton of money in the creative space. It's, um, it's one of those spaces that, um, it's, it's like anything really you have to invest and, um, you have to invest time and money and um, energy. Um, oh, hang on a second. Let me kill that thing. Um, but um, it, it's one of those things that you just have to uh, just spend, like, sorry, let me just, <laughs> I was distracted by things you're, happening you're in fine, the background. You're fine, you're fine. Yeah, but um, so, yeah, so it's, it's about investing time and money and energy, and you just got to get into it and really, like, um, do the same things that you would do if you had a pizza shop. Right. right? 
you know, so you have to meet people, you have to have your shop seen, you have to spend um, the time making the pizza the best that you can be. Um, and then it's still not a guarantee that you're going to have people through the door. So, sure. uh, so like with any business, it's all the, it's all the same. The, the risky thing is that we're not doing something that's actually useful, you know, like that people actually need. Right. You know? So, um, we're selling products, we're selling luxury goods, we're selling lifestyles. Um, and as long as everything as long as those things are standing, then, um, then, um, we're very useful. As soon as that stuff goes away, there are a lot of uh, unemployed photographers at the moment. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, the other side of that is there's a lot of stuff that is technically creative that people probably don't consider creative. So I think one thing I would say is define, I have an idea of what creative is, but define, you know, everything you guys, all the types of professions and, and trades that you would consider creative. Well, we, we, we've spoken to everybody. We've spoken to people that are um, economists. We've spoken to um, uh, scientists, uh, like anything that uses the, uh, the human genius to, yeah. to come up with original ideas is, is for us creative. Okay. Um, so it can be anything really. But, um, and, and in fact, like for me, often photography and um, um, directing and that kind of stuff is not always actually creative it because most of the time we just take a lot of things that we've already seen and just reinterpret it to sure. and do our version of it and to me that's not like super creative you know sure um so like maybe somebody who comes up with a new economic model is way more creative than somebody that does a beautiful picture because that picture might have been you know could be shot by anybody really right Right. So, so it, it depends on where the idea comes from. What, one, of the, one of our guests, he, he's a, um, an art scholar. He said that creative, creativity is the, um, is the ability to access the mind of when you were a child okay, and so see the world through that, that lens. So like to see things with, with innocence, you know, okay. have like no preconceived ideas of, you know, somehow manage to, sh to shed all the baggage that you carry all the things that you've seen and see things as if you've seen them for the first time, you know, mm. and that, that becomes that in that moment there, the say, idea say the quote again, what was this? Um, that uh, you have to, to, to be creative. You have to see things through the eyes of a child, through your child eyes. Um, okay. So the, the real creative idea doesn't come from when you're thinking through your adult brain, but yeah. it comes when you're thinking through your innocent childlike unexperienced unexperienced the back of your head the, sure. the subconscious that, that's when the real creativity happens that's interesting well here let's do a little background first where where are you located where are you from how'd you guys get started so uh i'm from i was born in south africa my brother and i were both born in south africa oh, nice. folks are italian so when um when we finished high school we moved back to italy okay uh because we were both going into creative professions and we had a bit of a foothold here in the in Europe, um, it was a better place to get started. So we both moved over at, here. At what age? Uh, I was 23 because I finished university and my brother was uh, uh, 18. He just finished high school. Okay. So, so yeah, so this was where I started professionally really to, to work. Um, and we're in Milan. So now we're at the bit of the epicenter of the Italian... Um, coronavirus uh, crisis at the moment. We're, <laughs> right. 
we've been but healthy but healthy yeah well my wife had it and my wife's uh, family they've all had it and i've i think something that's coming out of africa at the moment is that um if you had the tuberculosis um, inoculation when you were a kid it seems that you're very much protected from this um from this virus so so you're saying if you had tb shots yeah yeah you might be um a little bit more protected oh that's that's information i hadn't heard yet yeah, it's coming out of. I was speaking to my um, some friends in South Africa about this. They work with some ONG, um, yeah, ONGs, yeah, down there, and they were surprised by how how small the numbers are. Um, how how not small, how little the numbers are increasing. There's no exponential growth there. It's oh. going like a hundred people more every day. It's not like a thousand, two thousand, four thousand. Sure. So. One of the reasons could be that this TB shot actually seems to have, um, like, toned down the, the the symptoms a little bit. Oh, okay. Because, well, I guess is that saying that people aren't even getting it, or they're the people that are getting it aren't getting it as severe? It seems like they're not getting it as severe because I had um, symptoms. Like yeah. I had uh, the um, I didn't have the. I didn't have the fever, but I got um, I got sick. I got a little bit of the flu, so I was yeah. coughing and I had a bit of the sniffles, and uh, I lost all sense of taste and smell, which is one of the major symptoms of this thing. Oh wow! And and um, I lost it for about a week, and um, and that was it. Whereas my wife and we we live like in the same house, so it's impossible that yeah, I right. didn't get it if she got it so heavily. She did four days with a uh, thirty-eight degrees Celsius temperature. And um, what, is that, what is that Fahrenheit? Uh, Fahrenheit, I have no idea. What's what's normal uh, body temperature in? Uh, Ninety-eight point six. I believe. So you're looking at uh, like a hundred degrees. Hold on. Yeah, Siri. Siri, what temperature is thirty-eight degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? It's, oh, 99.5. So right around 100. Yeah. Nine, okay. yeah, yeah, so not terrible, it. but... It, it's just under the... Um, it was just under the, the limit to for her to be hospitalized. If it, okay. went, if it went on for another day like that, or if it went on a l- little bit higher, she would have yeah. been hospitalized. And oh, okay. that's, that's when the horrible things happen here. Sure. Yeah. So it's been hectic. But yeah, so anyway, um, back to that. We're in Milan. Uh, I started uh, as an assistant photographer. Um, then slowly, slowly after seven years, I got into doing my own pictures and now I work for, uh, just mainly fashion brands here and some magazines and stuff like that. Nice. Quite happy. Yeah. And, uh, the, can, the arcade. Can you speak Italian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I That's grew up speaking Italian. <laughs> because we can only speak one language, so we can't imagine that anyone else can speak more than Yeah. One. Well, I grew up speaking, um, two languages because my, my grandparents were, uh, we're living with us in South Africa and they couldn't right. speak Italian. So I grew yeah. up speaking Italian. That was a joke. Yeah, no, um, no worries. <laughs> um, well, good. Okay. So to give you a little background on ours, I, I, uh, I, I sometimes have a co-host. I like to have guests a lot of times, but the point of our podcast, my podcast, whatever you want to call it, is it's called The Ultimate Bachelor, which is supposed to be an ironic name um for shock value but the theme is the progression of men through uncommon conversation um that's also supposed to be supposed to be ironic because men don't have conversation so every conversation is uncommon right (laughs) and so just speaking and talking and and whatever conversating uh 
helps men form opinions that women in to stereotype are able to build because they they'll talk to their hairstylist they'll talk to their friend they'll talk to their mom all that so really it's not me sitting here saying hey i'm going to tell you all about creative or you telling coming on here and saying hey you're going to teach us about creative it's more Mm -hmm. about us having a conversation and someone and maybe having three or four creative conversations and then someone deciding how they feel about the niche or whatever and doing that for all the different subjects that right you know pertain to men so so that's the goal here you know as i said in in the message to you yesterday and i've sent out to a bunch of other podcasters well right now everyone's at home so you might as well just have abstract conversations and see what comes of it and you know if there's follow-up conversations great if not you know you you got an hour or so to post up that's right do, do you um have you been following jordan peterson at all or, or the whole um, intellectual dark web um, situation. I I haven't been, but you're you're going to tell me about it. All oh, right. Okay. Well, um, this, the intellectual dark web is. And is I'm quite looking inter- it up while you say it. Right. Cool. Um, it, it's a loose knit group of um, intellectuals that that are based around conversation. It, it sort of sprung up around um, Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. Um, and he had uh, what's it? Sam Harris and uh, uh, the Weinstein brothers, Eric and uh, Brett. Okay. Um, they're all group of people that um, have ideas that are a little bit out there, um, but it's very interesting to to listen to them because they they are all about um, developing your ideas by talking. Right. That, that's the most important thing. Like for for them, it's like you can say a lot of stupid things while while you're trying to come to your idea, but that's the only way that you're actually going to understand that they are stupid or that they actually have some weight because people are going to push back on you and right. you're going to be able to, um, to fix the things that weren't quite as clear in your head. And at the same time, you can actually just the things that you really believe you can, you can build them a little bit more. Right. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're more or less whittling away at, at your idea, um, sharpening it up against right. the conversation right. you have. Right. And yeah. so, um crazy you say that because as you were saying that that's exactly you know unpopular opinion to women right now but it's exactly what i was saying that women will have the same conversation five or six times right something that bothers them they'll have and you know i'm stereotyping of course but they'll have it and then by the end of it they'll come to the idea exactly what you said come to what they feel like their thought is on it based on they like this person's opinion. They didn't like that person's opinion and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So, so no, that's, and, a, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. And, and where, where men usually have conversation, it's about um, making each other laugh and uh, just trying to, you know, build social hierarchy in some sort of way. Well, you know, I, I try to defend men a little bit on that. And I'll say that men try to have conversation or they will have conversation uh, when something is truly bothering them. The problem is, is that men will only have conversation most times with their friends that a lot of times have the same views as them. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then if anyone opposes that view, they just write it off. So the problem is you're talking, but you're only, you're not getting a different perspective because a lot of times it's just, you know, someone who's going to agree with your side. That's right. And that, that's how we actually, um, we came in contact with each other because I, I commented on a, on a, on a post that you made about right. um, negativity and the fact that negativity isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and yeah. 
So I, I'm going to read my post. It, right. It's meant to be vulgar. And, and once, once again, um, for shock value, um, to make some people unhappy. But right. um, what, what did I say? I said, uh, fun, funny how only the people who say no or you're fucking up are the ones that want the best for you. That's right. And I think when you, when you first put that in the thought, the, you know, the first per people you're going to think of, and, you know, I had both my parents growing up and, and a lot of family. So in, in all my family being very direct, you know, the, the first pe person that comes to mind is my mom or and my dad didn't do it as much, but your mom and who cares about you in most situations more than your mom. That's right. And so that's the first person you think of. And then, and then you think about over the course of your life, there's probably no one you argue with more or that can get to you more in an argument than someone you're in a relationship with. Yeah. Right. And, Absolutely. and outside of that relationship, they, they want what's best for you. Cause a lot of time it's a joint, it's a joint, uh, it's a collective effort and in, in whatever is best for both of you. And then last, all, all I can think of is a true friend, a true friend. And that's, that's a lot of where that, that quote probably rests is, you know, deciding who your true friends are and, and the people you're going to surround yourself with is, do you have friends that will tell you no and, you know, you're doing this wrong or do you only have friends that will back up what you're saying? Absolutely. That, that, that's what happens when, um, uh, in, in like di dictatorships, right? Basically, right. you have a dictator, he kills all the people that, uh, that say no, right. keeps all the yes men and then finishes up, you know, hanging from some tree somewhere because... The, you know, not every decision that you make is going to be a brilliant decision. You need right. somebody that comes and says, listen, buddy, you're not doing the right thing. So that, that's why they, they don't last that long, you know, and sooner or later they, 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 they come to an end. Um, and it's the same thing with any kind of human relationship, really. Even, you know, on a sports field, if, if everybody just says that you're doing amazing and you're not, yeah, the first time you're in, in any sort of um, real competition, you're going to get your ass kicked. Well, the funny, the funny relation to this, and, and I didn't, once again, put much thought into this ideal before we started this conversation. So I'm thinking it through as we're talking. But one of the first things that comes to mind is when I talk about relationships, I, I like to tell women that you should never be in a relationship with a guy that doesn't know how stupid guys are. Right. And I say that because... Got, once again, if we don't feel like guys are having a lot of conversation and really seeking to understand viewpoints different than their own, if so if we already know that and then you're you're with a guy or interested in a guy that will tell you or or that doesn't know that guys are like that, you're going to be banging your head against a wall all the time. Um, yeah. Now, being the guy who knows that guys – say a lot say and do a lot of dumb stuff is hard also right yeah well of course it's you, you're the canary in the coal mine sort of thing you're the first one to go right right <laughs> so things go wrong. so <laughs> you know you're you're trying to balance it out between am i being enlightened right and when mm -hmm. do i stick to my own guns and and when am i making myself different by not listening to what other people say um and and how do you build that balance really i guess I don't know. I've got a very strong um, battle by battle sort of strategy, especially with my wife. It's like, <laughs> right. I decide uh, 
whether something is worth fighting for on each occasion. It's never a thing that I can think of before. Um, and a lot of the time, it's better to just surrender and the land and just like you know step back and allow them to come in and win that battle and then maybe you win the war afterwards. I think well, that, that's a technique that men have used since the yeah. dawn of time. <laughs> well, because in the grand scheme, how often do you really care about arguing about the same thing? Exactly. Right? Most of the time because, you don't. Because yeah. a lot of the arguments, and once again, just generalizing and sharpening my idea, right. a lot of arguments are, you know, as a man are brought to you in a relationship with a woman, the, the argument was brought to you. You know, I can't think of very many things that I've gone to my girlfriend that I had a problem, girlfriend, wife, I was married before, right. that I've had a problem with. And, and so a lot of times you're just arguing to get out of the argument more than That's you're right, arguing. That's right, exactly. But it's, it's also because um, we haven't learned you know, from our, our past mistakes and the <laughs> is still up. And um, the, that, that wall that they asked you to paint six months ago still hasn't yeah. been painted, you know, all sure. that kind of stuff. You know, we, 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 we are to blame. And, and like you said, that, you know, men, um, women need to know that need to be with a man that knows that men are, 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 are dumb. Yeah. basically yeah. but um they, they also need to understand like just um just how the the male mind works as well 100 which is I, completely different to how they they work and so a lot of times it's a, it's a great point you brought up a lot of times i will in any conversation no matter how much i agree with whoever i'm talking with take the opposite side because i think mm -hmm. you're really able to draw out the true feelings right. in debate and in conflict, in conversation, healthy debate and conflict, right? With that said, I tell women that men are idiots, but for some reason, they can't understand that men are idiots. And I, I mean that in that just because I told you and a guy can admit that guys do dumb things, the, for some reason, when it comes down to accountability, <laughs> to yeah. that woman she, then she totally forgets that i already told you that i'm not yeah, thinking it, the same way you're thinking <laughs> but I, I think that's just um selective memory you know yeah no, 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 <laughs> yes because it's not convenient <laughs> for them to think that exactly. we're not thinking the same thing as them right exactly then. in that moment um it doesn't it doesn't play into the the book um i don't know it's interesting to, to see this kind of thing like i i've got a feeling um Men have been selected for, right? Because in, in humans, it seems that the, 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 the selecting force is the woman. They, they, sure. they choose their mates, at least, you know, if, if things aren't going very wrong. Sure. Um, they generally decide who's going to be the, the person that they're with. So for 10,000 years, they, they chose the biggest, the strongest, and maybe not the smartest. Right. And so now, um, now they, they ended up with us. And... Uh, <laughs> So, so we they're, they're, we are we are their creation in some sort of way, and they don't like their creation, right? <laughs> so we'll, well, we'll see. What... So, if you were going to take this specific conversation a little a little deeper, what 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 do you feel like you and your wife argue the most about? Just um, silliness, really. Uh, if there aren't serious problems, like let's say right. you take away economic uh, problems that might pop up, uh, yeah. Um, things like that, you know, like when you, of course, if you're out of work, you're going to have stress, yeah. you know, yeah, sure. so 
that kind of stuff. But just day-to-day silliness is just about, you know, why is this here rather than there? And I, I'm, I'm messy and she's neat. So sure. obviously I'm going to create more stress for her because I don't care sure. if, if something's in the wrong place, but she right. does. Yeah. So I, I accept like 90% of, of the, um, the blame, but um, that's what we fight about mainly. It's just like, small why was stuff. this done? Yeah, small stuff. Why was this done in this specific order rather than in this other specific order? Well, we, Which I think is more obvious. Yeah? Right. And I think, and the reason I ask that is because I think what people don't tend to do, and, and I have, I'm in a rare position that I was married before, and, and I still think very highly of my ex-wife. Um, we have kids, and she's an amazing mother. She's an amazing person. We just weren't for each other. But the, how I look at it now is, and how I would go about it now, and how I do go about it now with, with any future mate, as you guys would say, is I set the rules of engagement, if you will, on, on an argument, right? And so right. if I want someone to do, you know, tying it back to the quote we started with, if I want someone to be the person who tells me no, I have to be able to accept that. And then we have to have a plan for how we're going to discuss and or argue about this moving forward. Right. right. And so I, the reason I asked that question is because there's certain things and you answered it perfectly. There's certain things that I'm always going to be wrong for. Right. I'm, right. I'm actually a neat person, but if I was messy and my wife is clean, every time she brings up being, you know, putting something in the wrong place. Cause that I'm admitting it right there. If it's in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's right. But, but then you talk about the real arguments of um, anything more serious, whether it be economic, whether it be in your relationship, whatever comes about and how are you able to discuss the, the difference in, in opinions around that? Uh, that that's another thing about, personalities like i am i enjoy arguing i'm a person that I I, <laughs> i'm i'm a polemic so i i i'll put my finger in in the scar and just be like picking at it for for hours because i find it interesting whereas she is the exact opposite mm-hmm. and my whole family is like this we we enjoy uh we're like the typical italian family everybody sitting at a table and shouting and screaming at each other discussing sure. politics and god and whatnot um so i grew up in that sort of um, environment she grew up in the completely opposite environment where everybody's very formal and um they tend to not um air their dirty laundry not even at the dinner table between themselves so obviously that's going to create like all sorts of problems um with with an argument because maybe the argument starts out small and then um i I get excited about, about arguing about something um and then i pull out you know like a point that i think is quite smart and that's the, that that's going to be the end of it because like then she understands that i'm playing with it right. um so i i don't know like i've been with my wife now between marriage and before 16 years so okay. i know her very well so like i don't i, I don't think um I, I don't think i'm the person that can say like this is how you're going to do it because I, I know her moods and she knows mine so well that we can, our arguments don't last that long anymore. Right. 
you know we, yeah. we've gone through the throwing out of the house sort of thing where i got yeah, thrown yeah, out yeah. more than once yeah uh, all that kind of stuff wait the, uh, you you've never she's never left has she no ways no yeah. of course i, I mean how apart come, from how come we have if you already said we're bigger and stronger how come we have to leave every time of course we leave because you're not going to, you know, you got to be the man. You got you to put yourself in peril and go outside. And, and I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking because I've never yeah, no, been the too. one I'm to taking, stay either. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the thing. We, we just, that's how it, like, I've, I've never thrown her bag out the door and be right. like, go find the hotel room. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, maybe, maybe, you know, she's better than I am. Right. Like, definitely 100 <laughs> percent and it's her house it, it was her like now it's our house but it's it's she it was her it. house first <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> I can't well that's how that's house. how she knows where everything goes that's where she knows exactly. the right place and yeah. the wrong place yeah because, no, because she established it absolutely absolutely but i mean I, I in theory know as well it's just that i don't think about it you know? yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's something interesting that I had a conversation on the other day. I have a friend who's from the Dominican Republic. So my, my mom is from Birmingham, England, um, but have family from all over Europe, actually none from Italy, but um, Switzerland and France and, and uh, England, obviously. Um, and then my dad is from the Caribbean. He's from Jamaica. Um, but there's Indian in my family and Syrian and in all parts of the world. But my, my friend here, I'm in Chicago, actually, I guess I didn't introduce where I'm from, right, but, uh, I'm in Chicago. I'm from Texas in the U S but, um, he, a conversation we just had recently that's, uh, that's actually getting released tomorrow was I was talking about the difference in men and their mannerisms and what is considered okay in society for men Mm -hmm. to do in the u.s versus what's okay for men to do in the dominican republic oh that's gonna be a big difference isn't it it's huge um and 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 my family actually has a condo in the dominican republic so i know the dominican republic really well and how the men are that's kind of how the conversation started um and you can see it in so many ways you can see it in like i said their mannerisms in uh, the way they interact with people um in the way they dress and all these things and and the same thing holds true with europe and i guess one thing that made me bring this up is you living in south africa and now being back in italy that's two different extremes yeah I feel south like africa is more similar to to the states yeah i was about to say a lot more machismo a lot more yeah. um power driven um less pa- passionate i wouldn't say that no in i think south africa um, you know, Italy, they invented machismo. So <laughs> there's a lot of that here, but, um, South Africa is, uh, is split in two. There's, there's the, um, there's the, let's say westernized way of, of being, which is, um, a little bit more, um, careful with what you say, respectful, sure. right. um, a little bit on the social justice side is coming up quite a bit more as well, you know, a bit more careful about, um, you know, we've had a pretty colored past. So sure. uh, there's a lot of thinking about like how to treat different people and that kind of stuff. Um, whereas the the African side is super, is very macho. That's very like, even, even though the moms are very important, like it's a matriarchal society, but 
the men rule the roost at the end of the day right like, they you know bring home the money and that kind of stuff and right that tends to you know give more power in, in the household but you know the the grandmothers the mothers they 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 run the house completely 100 percent. it's like once the man walks through the door that's him finished you know he has to listen to the rules of the house whereas in italy it's um so, so that's on the eastern side of south africa the, that, no, that, that's, uh, that, that's like, the, like the Western mentality and the is, African mentality. Is the mentality. grandmothers and the mothers run the household? Yeah, the, 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 they say the African mentality is the grandmothers and the mothers okay, running the household. Okay, okay. Yeah, whereas, uh, you know, in, in the, the more Westernized sort of ways, like, is the opposite. You know? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, and then in Italy, it's, it's a bit of a mess, right? <laughs> Italians are just crazy. <laughs> well... The reason I bring up the conversation is because there's a lot to be learned from, from everyone for everyone. I don't know that anyone should learn anything from Americans. When, when you travel outside of America, you realize how dumb uh, we do stuff. But it works for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, Americans have, have always produced amazing thinkers. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you got such a massive population that, of course, you know, if you take the big numbers, it's going to pop out for, for some reason. But there's so much freedom there that. Yeah, I was about um, to say that's the reason. Yeah, you you, you have the, the space to experiment and to say what you think and to really just like play with ideas, and you have um, a massive population that's that's able to listen to you because you all speak the same language. Whereas maybe from Italy, before you expand from outside of the Italian borders, you have to learn English. You have to learn how to explain yourself sure. in, in a different language. And then maybe you'd be accepted like even with your crazy accent and whatnot. Well, you, you said something that's important there. It's, there's the opportunity, and I'm, I'm going to interpret it a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's the opportunity to see so many different things and then understand it right so you've got people who are coming from all over the world looking for opportunity in america looking for the same thing we're talking about is here that's right um that are bringing their experiences so if you go out on a limb and and choose to talk to them or be around them or or cause to be whether it's what city you live in but you can you can live anywhere in the united states and and travel within the united states and find people from everywhere like you, you can't necessarily, and, and I'm just from my experience in being in Europe, there, there are countries in Europe that you, you're not going to see, I mean, you will see some, but you're not going to see pockets of people from all over the world, um, living yeah. in, in places like Switzerland or, or, um, yeah, you might find it in Zurich, but then you go to Bern and it's not the same or sure. like in Milan, it's like super cosmopolitan. But if you go to another little, like a Bergam, which is 30 kilometers away, sure. it's, all Italians. You know? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I, that's exactly it. And so I, I do, I do see what you mean there. I guess that you were starting to explain what my question was going to be is how do you guys, and that's generalizing and you can say it from the South African and the Italian view or just one or the other, but how do you guys see Americans and think about Americans? Because, and, and I'll start that question by Americans see French men as rude. And, and I right. know a lot of that is just because of how, you know, they interact and, and the things that are, are okay to do and not okay to do in public and things like that. It's not because 
every single person that comes from there is has yeah, a bad but, attitude. Um, so it's just oh. I'm asking the generalization of what of what uh, you guys see American men as. Well, p- personally, like I mean, I, as a photographer, I, I used to work with a lot of American photographers. So right. uh, and then you know we models and whatnot they all come around and right. so I've, I've met i've met my fair share of americans i don't uh, i don't know that we want to be represented by models uh you know what models actually they're they're they they are probably some of the smartest people i've met like literally like you know the they they travel the world sure, they that's true culture so yeah. much they see so much culture that most of the time, the men less, but the women most of the time are studying like something else because they know that their career is going to last longer. Sure. But um, just generally speaking, they they are very um, they're switched on most of the time. Obviously, not everybody, and it's, right. but but when you find the smart ones, they are very smart, and they 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 usually prolong their careers a long way because they can they think of different ways of of uh, maximizing the, the thing you know they, they treat it like i was saying at the beginning it's a pizzeria it's a business you know right. how i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this until i'm 20 in italy then i'm gonna go until i'm 30 in south korea because uh, the older look works better there sure. you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. They're, 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 they're quite smart and that, that's actually a good way to put it i shouldn't i yeah. shouldn't generalize but yeah no but i mean of course like a lot of them are dumb you know yeah. because they're 18 year old kids so well in their in the ones like you said that don't look at like a business are are essentially just trying to make you know a career out of their looks yeah um, and only their looks they're not they're not strategically looking at what's the next move what should i be planning for yeah and then it's just a matter of being like young and dumb and full of calm basically you know they're they're just running around you know shagging pretty much whatever they can shag and um and it's fantastic for them and until they're you know 24 25 and they need to figure out what they're going to do with their lives sure but um to start off with i mean it seems like a quite nice life to live but, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure but um as far as uh as americans go like i i've the, the generalization is always you know gung-ho and i think people think about texas a lot when when they think about americans they think about you know everything's big everything's loud everything's i'm from texas that's what i was saying you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like people think of the texan because they, that's a, that's a famous american they, it's it's either the guy from los angeles or the guy from new york but they're like the more um you know literati sort of thing and well you, yeah yeah no uh, that that's a that's an important thing to to point out because I'd love to hear, you know, make sure you give details on, on that thought. And I think, I think everyone is going to look at this conversation and understand better, even little nuances like that, because that's what I, that's the whole reason for asking the questions. I want to know when I walk into a room with someone before they even talk to me, what are they thinking? They hear that I'm from Texas in the United States What's the first thought that comes? Because for us, I'll go into what I think or what I've thought traditionally when, when you know, I hear someone from South Africa or I hear some, uh, about someone from Italy. Right. So I, I want all the details on that. Well, I mean, just from, from movies. Yeah, know, right. And, that, and, and that's, that's where you, that's where you of, see it from, you yeah. know, because like I, when I went to Los Angeles for the first time uh, for a job, it felt like I'd, I'd known it all my life because sure. I knew every single street corner. Right. You know? yeah. And I and I know the slang and I know yeah. um I know all the problems. I know about, you know, skid row and you know, all that right. kind of stuff. So yeah. 
and that's the same thing when, when, whenever you have the, the the ignorant crazy american that comes into a place and is like boisterous and whatever they're always from texas or missouri or you know the yeah. central states like that kind of thing that that just seems how it's going to be so for me and it's like the republican and you know like money hungry and they want yeah. you know, the biggest car possible and just shoot guns yeah um and then you got the little the artisty guy all dressed in black from from new york and you've got the you know the loud producers from from los angeles that's sort of what the, yeah. the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is when you think, okay, Americans. But I've always been um, quite impressed with Americans, just generally, you know. Um, yeah. they, they might not, they, they tend, you, they tend to um, maybe not have the firmest grasp on, world, on what's happening in the world. Right. Um, but they, 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 they believe in, um, in things and they um and and on their thing their speciality they know everything about it right so it's like if you're a guy that makes um components for something that yeah. guy is going to know the shit out of it he's going to be the best on the planet doing it well you know, if, because yeah. you can live in a bubble and you know yeah, exactly you you don't have to know anything else it's right. the crazy thing it's it's a it's a wonderful thing for someone who wants to be content and it's a terrible thing for someone who wants to see people open their eyes. Um, it's, it's not a great thing for people being around each other because too many people in separate bubbles being around each other, don't understand each other. And, and that could be dangerous, right? Yeah. That's the thing that, that that's where I think a lot of the problems arise, you know, come out of there, you know, is that, um, people fight for their ideals because you're a very idealistic um, nation. Right. And so the ideals become the thing to fight for all the time. And if everybody's fighting for ideals and principle, then you're going to talk past each other and it's sure. going to, you know, and then, then you're going to have all the shit that happens, you know, like people sure. um, uh, just fighting for whatever, you know, the fact that you guys have two two parties that, um, are at war with one another right. you know, is ridiculous. You it's know, the craziest thing. And, and I don't get into politics too often because of that reason, because every single person needs some of the ideals from each party. Yeah, exactly. In that you, you, we're never going to have a good political system until we decide that we're going to take the best from both sides and try and figure those issues out. And and that's what happens a little bit, but to have to make a decision on this person or that person, or, you know, between three people, when I agree with a little bit of all of them, yeah. What, yeah. what am I supposed to do? I'm just picking, you know, the, yeah, no, it, it, it's a mess, but we, we have similar sort of things here, but um, our, our political system is, uh, as quite it's we have a right and a left but they're very very tight together so it, there's very small differences and there's not a lot of space to work because our um, bureaucracy in italy is so massive that you can't change anything ever right. so you know whoever you have in in power is just subordinate to the system sure well isn't that the way it should be uh, yeah, but we're bogged down completely. We can't sure. make any like like actual systematic changes, which is why um, now you know the populists pop up and 
people want to vote for crazy people, you know, sure. and, uh, and because they seem like they're the strong man who's going to come in and sort everything out. Um, but uh, it doesn't work usually, unfortunately. I mean, sure. I mean, you can sort things out. Like, you know, during fascism, everybody, you know, they built all of Italy, all the highways, all the, the railroads, and they, they drained swamps, they did all sorts of stuff, but people sure. lost, you know, property, they lost life. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You can't just do that. Unfortunately. Yeah, work inside the system. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I, the infrastructure of different areas. Because uh, last year I was in Poland, some I was in France, some, and what you see is just from an outsider looking in. You go, and the cities are are similar to our cities. But, but obviously, they, you know, we have more space to build new. Mm-hmm. So you've got newer buildings, newer infrastructure. You've got, you've got new ideas right in the middle of cities as opposed to, you know, buildings that have been owned, you know, have, have built hundreds of years ago and, and owned by specific companies. And so, you know, for a new business to come about, a lot of times it's on the outskirts of a yeah. major city, right? You've got people living in the same area that, you know, is major financial districts and things like that, which you don't have that here a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're very tied up to our, to our history. You know, sure. we, we, people come to see that. So it's all protected. Even if you want to renovate, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. So like in Milan, we, we've, we've done a lot of work um, because it needed a, there was a huge area that was destroyed after the, during the Second World War, and um, it was never rebuilt. So, and they had like a, a theme park there for for years and years, and um, so we're talking about fifty years. This big empty right. lot, right? right? Which in the states, like in prime property, like in the center, it's like if it's like uh, Manhattan, you know. Right. Um, and this was undeveloped for, for all that time. Then all of a sudden we got a massive influx of money because the European Union was putting in some money and we had uh, this thing called the International Expo- Exposition um, in 2015. So loads of money came in, banks came in, and they just built the shit out of it. So now we've got this beautiful um, area which is like you know glass skyscrapers and stuff in the middle of the city, which is reflecting the old, you know, the old buildings on its glass. Right. Um, but we've got this new center now, which is quite nice. So to be able to mix the old and the new is quite nice to like that. You know, that, that, that's, that's the thing that's happening now in, 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 at least in Milan, I think in pretty much any city, London's the same, you know, Paris well, is a little bit different, but yeah. Well, one thing so. that I, when you talk about that, one thing that I see in America is we will, build a whole nother city to get what we want so and by that i mean i i was in uh, nice i saw i was in france i flew into paris yep and then drove to nice because i was doing uh i do medical device sales so i I was helping them set up uh, a piece of medical equipment so nice though you know is a city that people know all over the world but when you're driving around it, it looks like a town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause they're, they're small cities. Right. And yeah, so w- in America though, 
if someone doesn't like what's going on in a major city or they can't afford, it's a company or a, a collection of companies that can't afford to build, like you said, in the middle of Milan or London or one of those things, they'll go to, I'm just thinking of a city, Omaha, Nebraska, right? make that their headquarters. And then that city will start attracting other large businesses. And all of a sudden you have an epicenter in a, in what, at one time would have thought to have been a niece. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, but we, we do the same sort of thing here, but it's it's on a European scale. Right. So you'll have um, Dublin became massive in the, right, in the right, right. thousands. Because, and I played basketball in Ireland. I, it was oh, in right. uh, Dublin and Cork and Waterford. That's right. So, so you know, you, I mean, Dublin had the massive property boom in the, in the early 2000s because all the companies have this, had decided that, that was the place to go because right. they had tax breaks and whatnot. So, so when I think when you think about Europe, you have to think about it like, and, and the, you know, um, put it in uh, comparison to the states. You have to think of the whole of Europe and the whole of the states because that's more or less the same sort of population. Right. right. And um, so we have maybe like now with Brexit the banks um, have decided, well, we're deciding to move out of London and either go to Frankfurt or go to Milan sure. as their head offices. So then that was going to be like another influx of capital to one of those two cities. Or um, the tech, the, you know, in Amsterdam, apparently there's a massive tech system because they have a, a very um, positive um, tax uh, oh, right, right, okay. system. So like, you know, a lot of the... Um, the, the port there, the Rotterdam is very important for Apple because they, they bring in all their imports from China. So it's, I think that's how it works in, in Europe. You know, we don't have it in, in the local because in Italy, it's uh, a thousand kilometers long and about 500 kilometers wide. Right. So it's, so, it's tiny. I mean, yes. you can drive the whole thing in a day. So you, that's an interesting concept right there. Um, do you guys look at that as okay as that yeah. we don't we don't have the tech center in italy but because amsterdam has it we're okay because if well, go ahead yeah no um the, the, it's okay as long as the european union is working right you know as long as we're all friends and and there's a there's a crisis and then exactly. the european union steps in and, and is helping everybody out so what happened during this covid crisis right at the beginning the european union was like well every man for himself now they've changed the game a little bit, but the first thing was like, okay, well, Italy, this is your problem, right? right. Uh, and and that can't be that way if if this is how we're going to handle it. Exactly. Um, but um, that, that's one of those things. It's, it's a young union. It's only been around for twenty years or whatnot. So uh, it'll take time for for us to iron out all the problems. Well, and I say that because in America, we we have to have our own everything and. Mm -hmm there's always a focus and a push that stop importing so much stop. It's not okay for another country to be controlling anything that we need. Um, yeah, but you got to think about it more as, as in Texas versus, you know, Washington state rather than, cause that, that's how, that's how the European union was. Supposed well, to well, I think, I think the problem with that is that you said it earlier, it, if if i had to go to texas did you say texas or washington yeah, or yeah so if i had to go to texas and i had to go to washington i could take someone with me anyone from texas go to washington and have a conversation i think yeah. us being americans and only speaking one language for for most of us 
that's what we fear is that, okay, I need to get something done. So I need to take someone from Texas and take them to Washington. We don't have, we would be scared to death if, if the person from Texas couldn't just have a conversation with the person from Washington. We would, right. if, if we had to, there was some language barrier, if it couldn't get done as simply and as fast as it possibly could because of any hiccup like that, we'd be terrified. Well, well, Europeans based, they, they speak, almost everybody speaks English. Sure. You know, not, not uh, very well maybe, and it depends on, on the type of work that you do. So as somebody right. in your position that's, that's going around and traveling, um, uh, you know, you, you've probably met up with people that speak English. Yeah, most, most of them. So, so if you're going to send the, someone you to, to speak to Apple Ireland or from Italy, you're going to send the guy that speaks English in theory. Sure. If it works. So, so the, I don't know. The, oh, go ahead. The problem I was going to say there Definitely. is that the service I was offering to those people that speak English, there's probably several people, other entities, other hospitals that could have used or would have had value in what I was doing there, but we ne- there's no way for us to come in contact or ever talk yeah. because they don't speak English and I don't speak in that case French. But that's that, or, that's no 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 Polish was was that one. Then you got capitalism at work, right? So the people that don't speak English they they yeah. they they screwed, and the people yeah. that uh, they do they they have the, the advantage. So at the end of the day, I'm not too stressed about that kind of stuff. Like I think yeah. that. Um, like I'm, I'm a believer in the market that I think that if it, um, if it's not being like gypped at the at the top by the corporations or whatnot, the market sort of takes care of itself. Sure. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I think if 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 you're gonna have a company that's working internationally now, you have to have people that speak English. So that's the people that are speaking English are they gonna get the jobs? Um, since Netflix opened in Italy, okay, yeah, the the level of English has like dramatically improved. I bet. Well, because that's how they say to learn any language, right? Is that's right. Is educate yourself on it, but you know you're really not gonna learn to listen and speak unless you know TV is the easiest way to do that. Yeah, and 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 we've always had the Italian um, dubbing um, society is the best dubbing society in the world. They're okay. they're they were considered amazing. They would have voice actors linked to every actor. So you'd have Al Pacino would always have the same voice in Italian. Oh, okay. You know? Or still alone, same voice. So that guy becomes famous for that guy's voice. Oh, okay. That's um, awesome. so, yeah, it was, it was done really, very well. And you, you still get lost in a movie because you, you sort of believe that that is that guy, right? That, that's his voice. Yeah. People, people don't, don't know what uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman sounds like. Yeah. And then first streaming services like, you know, you know, torrents and whatnot, people would download them and watch things in, in uh, but they were the, the more nerdy people. So they always spoke English anyway. Then all of a sudden Netflix comes along and you have everything in the original language. And it's obviously way better to hear things in the original language because you have the inflection of the voice. Right. The actor may, maybe didn't do his own voice. He put on an accent, you know. So but, you, but is it, so then is it weird to hear to hear Netflix now that for so long the dubbing was what became the norm? Well, um, it's, it's, it was always weird for me to hear the dubbing because okay. I grew up hearing the actual actor. Sure, and sure, I, sure. And for me, it, for me, it was not rational to do that because like, I don't know if you ever seen Boondog Saints. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. Amazing movie, right? Yeah. 
like really fun. If you watch an Italian, it doesn't get a single laugh, like nothing. Oh, okay. It's terrible, right? Even though it's dubbed really well and whatnot, because they didn't get the the inflection of the accents. Okay, because okay, you can't right, translate right, right. that. Sure. And that's where all the comedy was. We, we discovered, because my brother and I are massive fans of that movie. We always loved it. We watched millions of times. And then we watched an Italian one time with our girlfriends or whatever. And everyone was just like deadpan. Like, what the hell are you showing us? This right. is terrible. Yeah. And that's when we understood that it's like the accent, the actual voice of the actor brings so much more to a character than just saying the lines, you know? And, and so for me, it was always terrible watching it in, in, in Italian. But they didn't know any different. And then all of us, now they're starting to understand. It's like, okay, hang on. It's a completely different thing. And you put it on with the subtitles. And I haven't watched a single thing in Italian for five years now. And it's right. fantastic. <laughs> it's like, so, <laughs> so there's an interesting thing there too, is that if you are into creative and you guys are having conversations around creative, creative is something that spans across countries more more than language right? right because when someone says i'm going to italy and and to me i think of art and i think of obviously art in its traditional sense of um you know on canvas and mm-hmm. you, you theater in different parts of europe and all that but to me art is also architecture in different cities um you know if, if you talk about ireland you talk about going and and seeing the coastline there's different things to see that people are going to see no matter what, um, whether they can speak the language or not. And you can appreciate whether you can speak the language or not. So how do, how do you feel like that transfers? Cause you, you said, Hey, I, my experience with Americans has always been positive because, because of what I just said, you know, right. it's universal. How do you feel like that transfers across europe right is is it like the eiffel tower is kind of all of ours or does that belong to france does that make sense just like the tech center belongs to amsterdam but it's okay because of the union does that make sense uh, i'm yeah yeah absolutely like i'm a european so i believe that like the union is 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 gonna make us all stronger sure um but right i think it would i think it would if if we can break down the things that make us Italians and French and, right. and German. Um, you sort of have to, you have to be Texan and American, you sure. know, yeah. and, and we have to become European Italians. Yeah. You know? And sure. that's, that's how it's going to be. And that's, how, until- that's how we think about you guys, to be honest. Like we, it's like, have you been to Europe? And right. some people will say, have you, you know, I'm going to Italy or what they'll say is what, what's the next trip you want to take? I want to take a trip to Europe. You don't hardly ever go for us. If you're taking a real trip over there, you hardly ever just go to one country. Like it's like, I'm going, I'm taking a two week to Europe. I'm going to Italy. I'm going to France. You're breaking up a little bit there. Or you froze or something. Right. Yeah, I've lost you. There you go. You're back. It's coming. It's coming. There we go. Right. So, so yeah, admittedly, is is Europe is so is so small. It's so easy to get around. That I mean, and it's the same thing when I stayed. I 
You're breaking up again. up a few things because so um, going back to the thing is that oh man, it's uh, it's it's the time. Everybody's on uh, is 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 on the network at the moment. Yeah. Am I back? You're back. Yeah. Can you okay, hear me? Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, so like, are our audience ours or are they everybody's? Um, the, the monuments, like, the, the national boundaries haven't been broken down at all. So the Italian monuments are Italian. Italians still believe that Mona Lisa should, should be in Italy, shouldn't be in, in, in Paris because right. um, it Leonardo da Vinci's, but they, they forget that Leonardo brought it with him to Paris because it was his favorite thing and he left it there because he wanted to leave it there. So there are all these little fights around, you know, whose is whose and, you know, the French stole a lot of our artwork and the, because they, they invaded at one point in the Spanish and we stole a lot of other people's artwork. Right. Um, art, is, art belongs to humanity, I think. It belongs to, like the Eiffel Tower is as much American as it is uh, Italian, as French, as it is anything, because the the things that make art are global. You know, um, the Renaissance wouldn't have started with uh, the printing press invented. I mean, it would never have happened. So, um, so all the, deriv- the derivations of the Renaissance have to become a European thing, not just an Italian thing. Sure, the 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 creativeness behind that stuff were Italians, but they needed, they needed money and input from other places to be able to do that work. So um, it's, it's belongs to humanity. as far as I can tell. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And to be honest, Americans, I'm speaking for myself. I try to be as informed as possible and I know geography really well. So I know where, where certain monuments are, in certain sculptures and pieces of, of art like that and what different cities look like um, in Europe, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people right. couldn't tell you what countries are next to each other in Europe. And there are a lot that I can't tell you. Um, but There's one thing I-, I can't tell, like, You remember where Lithuania and Estonia are, more right. or less. Right. <laughs> like, come on. And the only reason I know Lithuania is because I played a lot of basketball and I know a couple of right. basketball players from Lithuania. But, but other than that, no, I wouldn't know. But one of the big things, though, is when you talk about creative parts is, is just what I was saying. A lot of Americans couldn't tell you where many things other than the Eiffel Tower are. Like, for instance, I'd seen the, the Arc de Triomphe mm-hmm. uh, in France. I'd, I'd seen that picture so many times, uh, a picture of it so many times, and – I had no idea that that was in France. Right. Um, I didn't know where I thought it was, but I had no idea that it was in France. Actually, I probably would have thought it was in Italy based on its structure uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- more than, than France. But they, 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 they are. I mean, they, they're all built following the Roman arcs of triumph. So sure. the architecture was that. Um, so you... You, and we have them in Italy as well. We have a couple of those of, of more modern ones as well of the Romans. But I mean, until you think about it, until you actually like put your mind to anything, you're not going to focalize. 
Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Sometimes I think I think though you can see things that are in America and know they're American though. Yeah, I mean, you guys do things that. <laughs> so special sometimes that you, you can only say that that's going to be a hundred percent American, but <laughs> <laughs> they're just well, so much bigger than anything else. Right. That, that and that's what I'm to... saying. Like, even with the cities, like if you see an American city, you you're like, that's in America for sure. Yeah. Well, but again, like, you know, it could be South Africa, it could be uh, Australia. So, so many places, uh, you know, they, they look, Johannesburg looks so, so much like Chicago. If you go to the center of Johannesburg, they were built more or less in the same sort of period. Right. Um, using, using very similar architecture. So there are some streets in the center of, of Johannesburg that, that were used for movie sets to shoot like scenes of Chicago. Oh, wow. Nice. So, um, I don't know. I think it, it, it all depends on space. Like how much space do you have? Do you have sure. space to build? Do you have space to, are you going to go up? Because you have to, you don't have any space, so you're going to become like a Hong Kong or a New York, or are you going to be wide and flat and right. uh, go Los Angeles or Johannesburg, the outskirts, or Cape Town is like that. Sure. As well. So it, um, it it all depends on on the geography, I think, of the country. Yeah, uh, Italy Italy has no space, so we we we're all on top of each other, and we've like built these five six story buildings. You know, uh, well. The next That's big it. thing, and you, you said this earlier, because of the history, sorry, hiccup, no. um, you guys won't even renovate, or it's, it's, it's sometimes tough to renovate and make something look new, right? When there's yeah, places yeah, here yeah, that they, yeah, they're yeah, like, forget history, Let's, yeah. we need a new building here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're not going to, you can't wipe out like a 400-year-old building. You, you know? can. I mean, you can do it, but it's a pity, you know. Um, yeah. Those things were built properly as well. You know, they have right. walls that are a meter thick, and yeah. um, nothing's going to tear that down. So yeah. it's a bit of a pity to blow that up and then just pull up a glass structure. But we do, we do, we do it every now and again if there's something that's not important, like historically, right. and if it doesn't change the the uh, the ethos of the city you know we we want to be an italian city and italian cities like talking about milan they have the little streets with um you know the little building all the same kind of stuff all the colors have to be um, regulated milan was is lucky in a way that because it was an industrial city we have a lot of space where they had factories and whatnot that were destroyed and and new buildings have been popping up um, but that leaves a lot of space for speculation as well. So like, is the thing that's going to be new going to be better than the thing that was there before? Right. Is new always better? There's so many questions about that. Right? Sure. You know, I, 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 it's always a pity. Like there, there's things in, in Chicago that uh, they, they will never tear down because it's the history well, of well, my house. My house that I'm rehabbing right now is, uh, was built in 1873 and um, it's a full gut rehab. So we ripped everything out. And like you said, the walls are triple bricked right. of this house. Um, and I've tried to keep as much of the history as possible. The, the bad thing about this is that another reason why you guys can preserve your history is because you take care of your history. Mm-hmm. Whereas this house was totally wrecked and, and me wanting to keep a lot of the history is almost impossible. So, you know, there's a couple archways. It's not even expensive. It's not even possible just because mm-hmm. they've, they've let it go to, to shit. But 
um there's a couple archways i was able to keep and then you know keep some exposed brick and and rebuild some stuff to look the same way it did before you know that that's some of the things but but i i agree with you yeah yeah it's it's um we my 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 wife's actually an architect so she deals with this stuff all the time right and um we we she's just finished a house that was it was an old like barn um and to renovate it like in the states or in south africa as well you could have just like torn it down built whatever you wanted on top of the space and you know your property is i don't know 100 square meters build 100 square meters of a house you know do whatever you want the whole space yeah yeah you know in in italy um especially in in certain areas like this was a bit um, agricultural this area um they were like okay you can add one room as 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 far as space goes but the rest of it has to be the same you can't do anything so she had to rebuild exactly on the space that was there right and that was it um it's all done to protect uh, our farmland because if um if people start building in the farmland then we don't have any farmland left and there goes our food security right um and also just to preserve the fact that we need a little bit of space. So if everybody just starts building on top of each other, then we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it makes it very hard for, for new builds and, and people that want to have like maybe a bit more space just generally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, good. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're here. We're running close to the end of a, an hour. So oh, sweet. Um, that was quick. Well, I know it always flies by, especially when yeah. you have several topics like that. I'd, uh, I'd love to set something back up um, with a specific topic and with your brother, maybe um, yeah, while, cool. while there's not much going on, but, um, but no, I do appreciate you taking time and, and the conversation was great to me, anything I can learn about, especially Europe, but different cultures and, and different thought processes and why um, the why I should say um, is, is extremely interesting interesting to me and i think there's a lot of people who don't even thirst for that knowledge that once they hear it it brings them brings about more questions oh hopefully then i think um anytime two people can get around a campfire and have a bit of a chat sure. it's uh, it's a good thing well good so well, good. well look, look uh, into the intellectual dark web man and, and i'm, tell I'm me going to and in fact if you want to set something back up let's we'll talk about talk around that i'll do some research okay cool uh and we can have a conversation because i know nothing about it and no one else has brought it up to me so so i need to uh i need to understand it because wait you're talking about you're talking about a different dark web than just the it's called uh intellectual dark web it's uh it's a um, term coined by eric weinstein who's the financial uh, advisor to peter Thiel. right um it's a really smart guy really interesting i mean you're gonna go down a rabbit hole man that's gonna it's gonna take you a while yeah. to get out of it i think <laughs> well i'm gonna i'm gonna go do some research and i'm gonna shoot you a message to to set something back up because like i said anything that i don't know about i'm always down to have a conversation fantastic i'm looking forward to it all right well thank you sir and and have a good stay safe over there and healthy and and we'll talk here soon absolutely you too man right, all right.